Oh, God, we've made it a whole 20 episodes so far into podcasting. 20th episode, look at that. So, it, it is. Would- be impressive if we didn't have like 150 episodes of another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I think like all white dudes in our 30s, we've been we've started and been on multiple podcasts each. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh yeah, we're episode 20 of the Wiki Weekends podcast, which is essentially just Wiki Weekdays podcast. Yeah, essentially that, like, just an extension of the other podcast we retired. Yeah, have you ever seen that, like that breakdown of like beige flags? Where it's like it's not a red flag, it's not a green flag. It's mm-hmm. just something that you should probably be made aware of. That's very boring. <laughs> it's like guy having a podcast. We do indeed have a podcast, and that podcast is available both on YouTube and on most podcast services where you can find it. Uh, just remember to rate us on podcasts. Don't need to give us five star like everyone always asks. No, be no. honest with review. If if this isn't a five star podcast, let us know. But. Uh, you know, do the whole like, subscribe on YouTube if you're not already. and um, After you've listened to it as well. Yeah, and I will say as well, uh, there was a few comments in the past about, like, the fact that we had a, like, just pure white background for the YouTube video. Mm-hmm. I've changed it to, like, a darker coloured one. Just if anyone only listens on podcast services and doesn't watch on YouTube because of that. Yeah. I've changed that now. So, you know, no more light mode for the, the Wiki Weekdays podcast. So I get it if you like try to sleep, but I, have you met someone who like gets like viscerally upset when someone else uses light mode? Mm, yeah. so I've had people see my phone which has light mode on it. It's like I don't know how you look at light mode. It's like, well, it's my phone. You shouldn't be looking over my shoulder watching me on my phone. <laughs> how about you give me some personal space? It's like yeah, <laughs> this is entirely my phone, my business. Fuck yeah. off. So when um, people see you like eating or drinking something, it's like, I don't know how you eat or drink that. And it's like, well, I am, and you're not, so go away. <laughs> but, Carl, we are here to go through a wiki each, and of course... Yes, we are. At the end, let us know which wiki won this week. But, Carl, what have you brought for us today? I've just gone through a, a very simple Wikipedia article, links to which you can find below. And my Wikipedia article is simply on British slang as a whole. You're aware that we've done British slang, right? We did Northern slang. Oh, right, okay. That's me, because we did a couple of letters, didn't we? Because, no, no, we did, like, we did do one on some kind of, like, wiki page on British slang. Yes, we did, and I checked, and this is uh, a different page, and it has, like, you know, we only did two letters from it. So I thought, let's revisit it. Remember, we did L and K. I understand what you mean now, yes. So now we're going back to go to some of the other... (laughs) <laughs> um, letters, there's 26 letters in the alphabet, Luke, because we only covered like two or three of them. So, We're doing a sequel. Yes, as a reminder, if anyone who's unfamiliar, so, you know, British people, we have a very, very distinct and insular way of communicating. And there's that famous statistic that the uh, accent in the UK noticeably changes every 20 geographical miles. So you can go from one town to the other, and the accents, the euphemisms, the slang can change appreciably between those two locations, despite them, in some cases, being you can literally see where you've just come from. Like, someone who lives in Liverpool, Lucas, you can confirm that. Just, you can hop on a train, one or two stops, the accent will noticeably change to become broader, less broad, more varied. Yeah, 100%. And I I didn't, like, grow up in Liverpool, um, like, just near Liverpool, but, like, having lived here now for, mm-hmm. like, eight, nine years or whatever it is, um, I can tell you that I start to notice it now, but, like, even back in the day, like, start my first job in, like, Liverpool City Centre in Nando's, like, um, there'd be people who could pinpoint what part of, like, greater Liverpool people were from yeah, just because like, yeah. 
it's not city centre Liverpool, that's like northern Liverpool or south that, Liverpool. Yeah, it's basically that scene in Inglorious Bastards with as much likelihood of being assaulted because, <laughs> like, you know, some people get very, very heated about the location in the country you hail from. Like, people don't like my accent, for example, because it's too broad. And mm. it's worth pointing out, like, as I've said throughout my entire history online of being a presenter, of I tone my accent down so people can understand me. I speak more clearly, I enunciate, I am doing the top tens and the um, geographic stuff, and I'm having to tone it down even further than that because Americans just do not understand a broad <laughs> accent. And it does piss me off a little bit when, for example, you have like, a Scottish person on American mm. TV and they give them subtitles. Because they don't think Americans can understand them. It's like, but they're speaking English with a Scottish... Like, have you seen this? Yeah. Or Welsh people. Or just someone with a broad Yorkshire accent who's not mm-hmm. Sean Bean. Yeah. And I, it's, I, I think maybe I have noticed that at some point. But the one that always gets me is when it's like... Um, I, I think Netflix do it a lot because they must be churning out subtitles yeah. via other companies. But like, it'll come up and you'll be watching like the English subtitles... Yeah, and it'll have all the English, and then it'll just say like "speak Spanish," yeah. and I'm like, "But I'll... I wanted to know what the Spanish. I understand the English." Yeah, What's I got an amazing sub- subtitle earlier. I was playing through Mortal Kombat One story mode, and there's a mistake in the subtitles left in the game, which presumably will get patched out at some point. Mm-hmm. But when I'm playing through the game, the subtitle for Sindel pops up of "insert subtitle here." <laughs> So clearly they were going through, like they were rewriting the lines. It's like he's yeah. still in the game as of like, you know, a couple hours ago when I was playing it. No, no doubt that'll be patched out at some point when someone notices it and tweets about it. You've uh, clearly been playing the Switch version, have you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so British slang is an English language slang uh, originating from and used throughout the United Kingdom, but is also used to an extent, albeit limitedly, in Anglophone countries such as Ireland, South Africa, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, especially by British expatriates. It's also used in the United States to a limited extent, and that's just their them being exposed to also, our culture. Can we uh, can we just agree to call them immigrants? Yeah, expats. You're yeah. immigrants. Yeah, get it's over like it. Pretty, yeah, British expats living in. I like, never forget um, one of the highest concentrations of votes for Brexit came from over seventies living in Spain, some of whom travelled back to the UK to vote to uh, remove the UK from the European Union, and then six months later lost their houses in Spain because they didn't submit um, a simple bit of paperwork and a $200 processing fee to remain on their visa. Because they just assumed that as British people, they'd be naturally welcomed in Spain. Well, maybe if they were part of the EU. Maybe, yeah. So, (laughs) while some words and phrases are used throughout Britain, e.g. knackered, which means what, Lucas? You're very, very tired. Very tired. I'm knackered. Others are restricted to smaller regions and even small geographical areas, which I like. Mm-hmm. And um, like in Britain being so insular, like some of this um, uh, uh, like phrasing, this slang can travel quite quickly, especially in the internet age. Like there's a piece of Liverpudlian slang, I believe, that is now used quite widely throughout the UK of scram. Yes. Yeah, that's one I was going to bring up. Is I mm-hmm. had never heard Scran outside of Liverpool, and that might it might not have originated in Liverpool. That's not what I'm saying, but that's I you heard used the term Scran. Heard the term Scran in Liverpool, and then when I'd used it like in Sheffield, people are like, fuck does Scran mean? And now everyone well, well, uses yeah. it. Well, what does Scran mean, Lucas, for the Americans and perhaps like English people who've not heard it used mean? It roughly, just means like a quick meal. Yeah, oh, it's got a scram. 
Yeah. And you heard it a lot in Nando's, leading to the term Scrandos, which again, I love. I love that <laughs> the uh, the English language is so fluid and so um, versatile. Mm-hmm. And there's a great interview with, I think he's the guy who does all the pronunciations for the um, do that big spelling bee in America, where they have to have a guy when they say, oh, can I get a definition of that word, please? Mm, and yes. his job is knowing how to pronounce every word in the dictionary. And they ask him, so how do you pronounce these words? Well, this is how it's said it's pronounced. But if you pronounce it a different way, that's also valid because you're speaking my language. That's the beauty of language. Like We can offer a guide on how we think it's pronounced, but if enough people pronounce it a certain way, that becomes the way that word's pronounced to those people. And that is no less valid than what the dictionary says. Because even the dictionary says, if you go to like the OED mm-hmm. and read their website, they say, we are not an authority on how words are pronounced or spelled. Mm-hmm. This is merely a repository based on our own research. It's just meant to be a book that roughly tells people what language was like at the time. Yes. It's supposed to be like, you know, it's a repository of those words. Um, and if anyone's wondering, like, oh, the OED, like, it's like this big. That's not the real dictionary. There's actually a super secret actual real dictionary at their headquarters that is thousands of pages long. And the version that you will get, like, do the big one like this, that is just the abridged version, which is updated regularly. And you'll probably, no doubt, see headlines and they can be positive or negative based on, like, which site's putting them out. Like, oh, have you heard that these words have been added to the dictionary? Like, selfie. And it's like, well, yeah, because it's a new word. Mm-hmm. If you're like, you know, at all interested in language, that should be of great interest and fascination to you because that's a new word. We invented a new word. That's just what language is. It's yeah. a, an ever-evolving thing. And I, it, the famous example of recent times is that literally now means both literally and figuratively because literally was used as figuratively in natural speech so much that it just has to be acknowledged that I guess both ways are correct. Yeah, and it's like, you know, there's some people do get annoyed about that sort of thing. Those people, it's mm-hmm. like, you're really boring. And even seasoned lexographers and the like, the dictionary itself doesn't, like, claim to have any authority over how words are pronounced or spelled. Why do you think you should? Anyway, so history well, I was, and... Dic- I was just going to, sorry, I was just going to yeah. bring up an example of pronunciation as well, mm-hmm. where the creator mm-hmm. of the, the GIF says, GIF. no, it's GIF, but that's not how it's used in everyday language. So naturally, when you say, no, it's not fuck off creator of the, the term, it's GIF because everyone, uh, it's GIF because everyone says GIF. So yeah. well, it, that becomes the correct way. Yeah. And like, you know, there's no doubt endless arguments people have had. It's like just in the UK with slang. Lucas, what do you call, like, you know, the bread you use to make a sandwich? Well, what I... What do you call it? I... What I now refer to, like, as a bread roll, mm-hmm. um, you know, something you might put, like, a burger on, for example. Yeah, so for Americans, like, a burger bun. Yeah. Um, I was grown up taught to call it a batch. Batch, yep. Which I understand, when you break it down, means, like, what a batch of what? Like, a batch means a group of something, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that. I just got taught. It's a As batch. a kid, that thing is a batch, and it's only when I moved to Sheffield I said, "Oh, a batch," and someone was like, "Do you mean a bap? Do you mean a bread roll? Like a bread cake? Yep. What are you on about?" And they're all and the is, same thing. And it is a rite of passage in the UK when you become a student. It's normally when you go to study at university, it means the very least you're away from home and mm-hmm. are no doubt interacting with people from outside of the geographic area you grew up in. And one of the first things a lot of British students realise is that. 
not everyone calls the thing that they call the same words. Like, bat, you know, a bread roll to me or bread cake. I remember having this argument of like, it's a bread cake. And so I was like, no, it's not, it's a cob. It's like, why is it called a bread cake? And it's like, well, because it's made in a cake tin. It's bread made in a cake tin. Bread, cake. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, it's a cob because it looks like a cobble on a street. Or it's a batch. Like you say, it's made in a batch. And it's, it's fascinating. And people do get very, very defensive over this because, you know, it's a little signifier of where they grew up. Mm-hmm. And you can, like, you know, you can pinpoint pretty much the exact geographical area someone grew up based on the language they use. And it's something that I... I'm actually, I, I'm kind of disappointed in myself that my native Yorkshire accent has been tempered after so many <laughs> years of having to tone it down for making content online. But also certain words I pronounce differently. I pronounce them the Americanized way from the amount yeah. of American content I consume. Like sometimes I'll find myself saying ass instead of ass. And mm. I remember, this is, a, this is a true story, everyone. There was a guy who followed me and every other week on Twitter would offer to fight me in real life because they were so annoyed that I said ass instead of ass because they thought I was trying to sound like I was American. It's like, no, it's just I consume a lot of American content. And that made them so angry, they kept trying to ask me for my address to come physically fight me in real life. Um, I've been called out quite a few times because I naturally slip between um, dollar and pound quite a lot nowadays because a lot of my paychecks and a lot of the work stuff we do is like, YouTube and Twitch, which comes through in dollars. In dollars, and then we convert it to pounds, yes. And therefore, like, a lot of the time I'm seeing currency, it's dollars. A lot of the time I'm hearing about currency, it's in American media, which the it's dollars. Yeah, and then... And naturally, I accidentally, like, just slip sometimes and say dollar, and then people call me the fuck out for it. Yeah, so, you know, speaking of slang, so history and dating of British slang. The dating of slang words and phrases is inherently difficult due to the nature of slang. Slang, more than any other language, remains spoken and resists being recorded on paper, or for that matter, any other medium, until quite recently with the issue like, you know, the internet and TV and stuff like that. So by the time slang has usually been written down, it has been in use for some time, and in some cases has become almost mainstream. Which it was like, when you're a kid as well, especially when a new bit of slang drops, it's like, it feels like everybody uses it, but then you never know where it came from. Mm. It's like, it's almost like ephemeral thing where just... Like, scram. Someone out there probably said scram first. And it was like, you know, just probably a thing in a small group of friends who, like, you know, use it around their friends and around their friends, and it spread out like that. Quite viral. You know, it's like a meme, almost. I just want to check, by the way, to disrupt the podcast. Mm-hmm. You're recording your audio, correct? I am, yes. Yeah, and my OBS wasn't recording audio until now. So just double-checking that we were recording a full episode. Okay, so I have my audio, so... Do you I have mine to... as well. It's fine. It's all do good. You, you don't need to restart? No, 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 we're all good. Okay. As long as we've both got a recording each. It just wasn't okay. recording like both of ours together, but we're all good. No problem. So we have here, um, the first recorded uses of slang in Britain occurred in the late 16th century in the plays Thomas Decker, Thomas Middleton, and William Shakespeare. And William Shakespeare is well known for coining many words and phrases. Mm-hmm. Like, he just made up words that would appear in his plays and then became common parlance, used to this day. And I'm just going to find a quick list now for any examples. So, uh, words Shakespeare invented. Obvious. Obviously, it's brought up many a time that like Shakespeare wrote for the masses and not for the rich. No, so and that's why like you would just you know make up terms that became so popular because it was just so many people were there watching Shakespeare. Yeah. So let's have a you know a, an incomplete list here of words that are credited to um, William Shakespeare. 
Compromise, Epileptic, Eyeball, Gloomy, Hobnob, Jaded, Marketable, Mountaineer, Obscene, Pandas, Rant, Skimmed Milk, Tranquil, Worthless, Gnarled, Elbow, Disheartened, Circumstantial, Bump, Blanket, Bandit, Bedroom, Bloodstained, Amazement, Excited, Flawed, Green-Eyed, Impeded, Lackluster, Lustrous, Mimic, Noiseless, Outbreak, Champion, Birthplace, Backing, Addiction, Assassination. To name but a few. Did you say you came up with the term Bedroom? Uh, yes. Before I, I, that, it would it would have been like you know a chamber place. Before I get that, like stuff like lustrous. I'm like, yeah, I, I imagine all that you know, uh, bandit and like we are gloomy. It's like mm-hmm. weird little words like that. But like bedroom is like just a, a room the with room a bed. Where your in bed it. is. Well, think about a bathroom. For many mm-hmm. years, it's the water closet. Mm. Some people down there still call it the water closet instead of the bathroom, and people refer to just a room with a toilet in it as a bathroom. Even mm-hmm. though it's not a room that has a bath in it. There's no bath in there. It's a water closet. It's a toilet, but you still call it the bathroom. Some people do, yeah. Yeah, and that's why it's, you know, it's fascinating. It says here, the first books containing slang also appeared around the time of Robert Copland's The Highway to the Spittle House. Uh, it was a dialogue in a verse between Copland and the porter of St. Bartholomew's Hospital, which include Thieves' Cant. And Thieves' Cant is uh, similar to uh, Rogue's Cant or... Um, uh, uh, Cockney rhyming slang, where it is words used to uh, disguise what you're actually trying to say. Oh, right, yes. So are you familiar at all with any... Um, uh, like most people in the UK are very, like, you know, surface-level aware of um, Cockney rhyming slang. It's like apples and pears is Cockney rhyming slang for the stairs. Yeah, that's the thing is, uh, when Cockney rhyming slang is pointed out to me, I'm like, Oh, because isn't one like, I've not got a Scooby-Doo, which is I've not got a clue? Yeah. And that's what the beauty of slang is. It's like I said, it's almost mimetic. Do you like where a meme will start as one thing? And then over mm-hmm. time, people understand what it means. And you don't even need the full context for the meme. Like, you can just see a picture, like, and just be able to infer so much context from this image that actually requires, like, three different layers of explanation. But because you were there as it was created, you're aware of it almost instinctually. Same with, like, mm-hmm. cocking your arm in slang. Like, you know, I ain't got a Scooby, I ain't got a clue. But to like, you know, an outsider, it's completely incomprehensible, which is the idea. It's so you can talk without being overheard. Yeah, yeah, because it, it was literally just, I presume, stuff that people would say around cops so that cops didn't know what was happening. Exactly, yeah, and that's like thieves camp. That's why, you know, thieves used it. And mm. it's like, um, uh, another one I like is uh, I'm going for a ruby, a curry. Why that? Ruby Murray. Ruby Murray, curry. Get shot onto a ruby. And again, if someone doesn't know ruby murray then you're not going to make that connection you're not going to be able to know what a ruby is yeah and then you know plates of meat we have it here some examples and variety of slang so there are a number of different varieties of british slang arguably the best known which is rhyming slang chiefly associated with cockney speech spoken in the east end of london words are replaced with faces uh, sorry words are replaced with phrases which rhyme for example plates of meat for feet and twist and twirl for girl Often, only the first word is used, so plates and twists by themselves become colloquialisms for feet and girl, respectively. And it's fascinating, because like, with that, it's like, we're almost like, you know, verbal hieroglyphics. Of, like, you'll say one thing, but you mean another. It yeah, all of like a sudden, plates becomes meat. It's like how, you know, twist becomes girl. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, slang is also used to create an identity or sense of belonging, and uh, a number of occupations have their own slang, most notably the armed forces. And I'm sure it's a similar enough, thing in yeah. America, where there's just like, you know, they have their own internal slang communications, just in-jokes and uh, things that, you know, can be used to identify another member of that in-group. 
And also so that, again, they can communicate around the enemy. Yeah. Without the enemy knowing what's happening, yeah. And some examples of this kind of speech can make it into, like, you know, the public lexicon, for example, talking bilge, meaning nonsense, or loose cannon, an orthodox person with the potential to cause harm. Both began life as military terms. Mm-hmm. And I, it's fascinating to me, and I love it. Yeah, it is really fascinating. And um, the internet age has made slang so much more interesting to study because now we can actually sometimes, very occasionally, pinpoint the exact moment a piece of slang is created. Because now you can like point mm. to, well, here's it used in a video. Or here's, it, here's the first recorded like forum post that it was used on. Exactly, yeah. And I think the best example of that is Yeet. Well, you know, oh, okay. what, does, what does Yeet mean? Like, you know, Yeet, you just throw something, don't you? Like, just, that, yeah. You can, that can be traced to, like, I think it was a vine of just someone throwing a bottle of water in a school. And just shouting and just, yeah, yeah, and that became a thing. And, yeah, it's like, that's the thing is, you don't even know whether, like, them shouting yeet was them, you know, yeeting something, or it was just, like, a funny phrase that they had in that school or whatever that they just hey, shouted at each other. We've got our own within our own friend group. Like, you know, when we play Smash Bros, and I'd land that Ganondorf down A, <laughs> I call it the Say Wataneo Stump. Yeah, because and that for me is like just a combination of multiple things. Of I like the word say Wataneo because that comes from um, uh, God the film now, um, not the Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, they okay. say they yes. say the city of the say Wataneo, and I used to call the Ganondorf Stomp, like you know the ten ton Stomp. Mm. And I just for no, out of nowhere, I just got to call it the say Wataneo Stomp, <laughs> and that's just like become a thing now. To the point where I've had people ask, like, what do you mean by that? Or like Bue. Sometimes I'll say mm-hmm. Boué when I land it. So where does Boué come from? And it's me mishearing what Leon Kennedy says in RE4 when he kicks an enemy. Dewey just goes like, Pooah! Yeah. That became, I, that I became... remember like once when, because um, in my head, I, as a kid, because like the recording was so bad, mm-hmm. never understood what Ness said. So the PK Flash, like I later learned was the PK Flash, but I always still just called it the PK Pros because yep. that's what I'd heard it as a kid. And then one time I just said it in our friend group, and one of our friends was like, what the fuck? Are, what did you just say? I'm like, oh, it's just an inside joke with myself that I've got. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Let us know your favorite examples, um, folks at home in the comments. But, Lucas, we have many examples here. And we covered, I think, Ellen K last time, like in the first letters of our names. Okay, yeah. So uh, pick just now a random letter and we'll cover it. Well, Carl, um, because I will give the reason of this. Okay. Um, you know. I, I don't really talk about it very often, but, you know, I have a sausage dog. And yes. I have recently uh, rescued a second sausage dog. So okay. the likelihood of barking is now like tenfold because we've got of two course, sausages yes. in the house. Double sausages. Um, so I'm going to go for O for Oryx, which, which is, is the, name. the name. Yeah. Okay, so here is some. And let's do like we did before. I'm going to tell you the uh, the slang, the phrase, the word, and you've got to let me know if you know what it means. Okay. So the first one, odds and sods. I thought you were going to say odds and ends, but I'd it not heard it, odds and sods before. The alternate is odds and ends. Okay, so odds and ends would kind of just be like um, little kind of like trinkets and stuff like that. Yep. Is that right? Miscellaneous items or articles, bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one, oik. If I called you an oik, what would I be uh, referring to? Oh, I've got no clue. 
you would be someone of low social standing. And that word is famous in the UK, or infamous, depending on how you look at it, because uh, our former mayor and prime minister, or the former mayor of London and former prime minister Boris Johnson, once chased someone down on a Boris bike while screaming that at someone who stole a lady's purse. He called them oiks. And what people about, voted that man in power. Yep. What about off one's head? If I were to say you were off your head. Off your head would just kind of be that you've probably taken something and that you're like out of your mind, like super yeah. high or super drunk or something. Yeah. So if he's like exactly right, so you say something like pilled off their head, alternately off their tits, off their arse, mm. just you can use any, insert any body part you wish and it'll work. <laughs> um, the, like, you know, the funnier the body part is, like, you know, you pilled off your tits. I love mm-hmm. that one. It's like just when you're walking downtown, and you just see that guy, <laughs> that guy's peeled off his tits, and it's like you just know. And like, I just think everyone would understand that. Similarly, mm-hmm. um, off the hook. If you were off the hook, what would you be? Uh, off the hook means that you're kind of like relieved of consequence for like an action or something. Yep, um, relieved from obligation or danger. And then we've got another one: off one's nut. So off one's head is different to off one's nut. I was going to say, is that, that not similar to like, off, is, that, is, is, is it the same as off your head or is it a different meaning? It's similar, but it's used to describe an altogether different kind of person. So off one's head is like mad or delirious, whereas off one's nuts. I've got no is, clue. Is crazy or foolish. Oh, uh, okay. So I join someone's like, you know, they do something like outlandishly silly. It's like, you're off your nut, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, the old bill. The old bill. I was just uh, letting myself have a cough. Apologies. Mm-hmm. The old bill is the old bill like coppers. Yep. And what's your favorite? And then we have so much slang for the police in the UK. You got any I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I then used coppers, which is also slang yep. for police. I like rosers. Rosers is my face. The rosers. <laughs> you got to go. And Americans have quite a lot of them, like the fuzz, 5 that sort of thing. I mean, I just love calling them pigs. Yeah. Of course. Oink, oink. Oink, oink, little piggy, piggy. <laughs> um, uh, one's head off, as in laugh one's head off. I, I mean, to laugh your head off would be to, like, laugh excruciatingly hard. Yeah, it means, like, you've laughed a lot, so you could, like, mm-hmm. I laugh. Ultimately, I laugh my ass off. Yeah. Again, and that's the thing, that's kind of American, like, you know, LMAO, laughing my ass off, laughing my ass Ruffle off. Ruffle Mao. Ruffle Mao, rolling on the floor laughing. Um, out to lunch. Would that is that not just to go out for lunch? To doze off while drunk or high and neglect a responsibility. <laughs> so you'd say like you know someone's like he's like oh is he all right he's out to lunch mate he's out to lunch. I don't think I've heard that one. Uh, that's the thing. That's what the beauty of the <clears throat> English language isn't it? Like we wouldn't be familiar mm-hmm. with some of these. And then we have my personal favourite out. O W T out. Oh, so that would be like nout, which means nothing. Nothing can mean anything. Now it is different. Out means oh. it means anything, and it's derived from ought, like all for ought. Not gets turned turn to nout, which is nothing. Oh, and they okay. sound so, so similar that you misheard them. I didn't mishear. I just must have misunderstood yeah. in previous context. Yeah. Yeah. So if I was to say like, um, uh, oh, what do you want out? You want out from shop? You know, I don't want out. That's me asking. Oh, do you want anything yeah. from the shops? To which you'd responded, I don't want anything. Yeah, when you say it like that, yeah. Yeah, and then that's the end of the uh, the O's. <laughs> Do you have another letter you'd like? 
Uh, why don't we just go for C for Cade then? C for Cade. Okay, so I'll have to like scroll a little. So stuff is a very large. My two little destiny up. sausages. Yeah, this is by no means a complete list. So num- we're on C. So cabbage. If I were to call you an absolute cabbage, what would you be? I mean, that just sounds like you're a moron. Yeah. You've called you an idiot. It's like, you know, you fucking cabbage. <laughs> and I love that as well. It's like, ultimately, you can call someone a lettuce. And I love just calling someone a wet lettuce. But, I mean, wet lettuce is great. But, like, if you said it in that tone and context of, like, oh, you're a fucking... You can say any word after that in British, and it it means, like, like you're a moron or you're an idiot or whatever. What's the thing I love about British English is that because I've said this before and like Americans get annoyed about it and it's not my fault you don't get what banter is. And it's like Americans <laughs> do not get what banter is. And banter is playful back and forth between like, you know, friends. And that includes like very sometimes obvious but sometimes quite subtle sarcasm. And it's all about the tone in which it's delivered. Because if I called you a cabbage, that can be both like, you know, a term of endearment or an insult based on how it's delivered. I can call oh, you cabbage. Then I can call you, oh, you fucking cabbage. It's like, like, you know, it's, oh, you're such a cabbage, aren't you? Yeah, it's the delivery. And I, mm. I think Americans don't have this because their language, they just, like, you, know, you know, I'm not I'm not speaking about all Americans. Whenever I say this, it's like, well, I don't. I get sarcasm. I watch a lot of British TV. It's like, fair, well done you. But generally, in my experience, communicating with Americans and making content, which is primarily consumed by them, they really, really don't get banter. There's a video on Fact Fiend, for example, where I give Brad some stick, give some mm-hmm. shit, make fun of him in a playful way on camera. And we left it in the takes. We thought it was funny. Every other comment on that video is like, I can't believe they left that in the edit of Cal being a dick to Brad. And mm-hmm. Brad was like, we were clearly joking. It's like Americans just don't understand really? the idea. It wasn't necessarily clear to all of the audience. And that that's the thing is, you know, we are talking very broadly mm-hmm. about, like, you know, saying, like, all Americans. We're not saying all Americans. We're just saying that in the world that we have interacted with a lot of Americans, this is our experience. Yes. And that's why I'm, like, you know, it's something I've become more aware of, so I try to, like, tone it down. But then next we have a Chava. Um, that's C-H-A-R-V-E-R or C-H-A-R-V-A. Chava. A Chava. If I were to refer to um uh, Okay, so I'm gonna re- it's not you, but if I were to refer to your sentence, please, Carl. Okay. And I don't mean this, this is banter Lucas, but uh, your missus is a right Chava. I, I someone that's ugly? A loose woman. A woman oh. of ill repute. So if you call oh. someone a Chava, it means they are an easy lay. And I don't mean that. I was just using it as an example. Uh, yeah, I, I know that you weren't saying that about Jenny. Yeah. Next we have, similarly, a chav. A chav. Oh, a, a, it's hard because the first thing that I think of as chav is like, oh, well, they're kind of a bit like a scally, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And then is that, but what's a scally? It's like generally just... I don't even know how to describe it without using other slang to describe it. It's a very specific kind of person in the UK who grew up on a council estate who is um, of low social standing, um, generally low education with not many prospects. And a similar word that might be more familiar to people is neat, which I think is... I don't know what that actually means. I've not heard that one before. It's an acronym that's often used, which is... Neat is not in education, employment, or training. Oh, right. So it's used to describe people who are like, they're not in employment. Basically a no-oper. And that's the thing, like, discussing this, because we bring up all these other slangs. And 
It is a backronym of a term used by the police that the newspapers right. kind of like globbed onto, which is council house aggravated violence. Right. It's what they used to describe like the amount of um, uh, aggravated violence and assaults and domestic abuse calls they'd get for council houses with people who were neats or could be described as neats, like not in education, um, employment or seeking either. And uh, as someone who grew up on a council estate, yeah. That's the thing, I grew up on a council estate. I, I in- interacted with I'm many a I'm currently renting in a council house. Like it, yeah. It's one of those things like, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that has like maybe a bad reputation because yeah. of certain small percentages of people. And some people, again, they try to reclaim it as like a form of endearment or, you know, sense of identity. Mm-hmm. You know, you have MC Devo, uh, we've made, mentioned a, a video before, who's like, you know, he like created like, you know, the, the chav persona that he has, but similarly you have like lad culture. You have like, I think a more recently it's like road men, which is like, I you know, don't know if road men's necessarily like new, but it's definitely like become wider than I think where it originated in, in London, by yes. London, yeah. But it's just you know, it's just all different words for the same kind of like you know general feeling um, about like you know a certain type of group of people. Because it's hard. It's always thinking it's like that pornography of I don't know how to describe it, but I know I want to see it. It's like I don't know how to describe a chav, but I know one if I saw one. And it's also hard to describe what is inherently a derogatory term in a non-derogatory way. It's like, yes, I don't necessarily think like oh like all chavs are horrible people or whatever but that's literally like what the term came from from the cops yeah and i should point out there are a lot of derogatory terms i'm skipping over because i just don't want to say them but Mm. as we thought like all slang will inherently just have some slurs in there because slurs are slang unfortunately but you can't Mm. discuss one without bringing up the other but I'm not going to say those because I just don't want to. But moving on, we have cheesed off. If I were to say I'm cheesed off, what would I be, Lucas? You would be annoyed. I would be annoyed, disgusted, fed up, or angry. What about if we had a, a right nice chin wag? What would that be? That's like having a nice conversation, right? Yes, that's a friendly conversation. Like, you right. know, let's go, let's go for a chin wag. Of course, yeah. Um, what about a chippy? And there are three definitions for this one. So a chippy. There's three definitions. The one that I would come to mind... Would be, you know, just like a fish and chip shop. Yeah, so a fish and chip shop. Ultimately, you can call one a fishy, which I like. Oh, like, no, you can't, no. No, I just call it fishy. Go fishy Fridays, which, you know, and now has another ulterior meaning. Now you're older. Because, you know, you understand it to mean, like, you know, something altogether less savoury. No, oh, no, it's not. No, no, it's a chippy. It's not a fishy. I used to call it fishy, fishy Fridays. <laughs> and there's a, ultimately, it can mean a carpenter or a prostitute or promiscuous young woman. So someone's like a nice bit of chippy. Uh, what about chuff? If I were to say chuff. Well, to be chuffed is to be very happy. It is, yes, and that's the next one. But what specifically but then, would I say if I said chuff? Well, I know that up the chuff is pregnant. Yes. So I'm going to let you describe from there what chuff is. It means the buttocks or the anus. So, and it, com- and oh, it comes from the chuff wait, shoot, which would be the, the dirt shoot that you would throw rubbish down. So up the chuff doesn't mean pregnant. It just means something's been put up there. But yeah, yeah. chuff generally means like the bottom. Like, it comes from the chuff shoot, which is where you used to throw rubbish um, in coal mines and stuff. Oh. So chuff shoot, a dirty pipe, you bum on. You can see why they use the word up the chuff now instead of calling it the bum hole. Then we have a uh, chuffed, which you've already got to be pleased about something. Then we have clever dick or clever clogs. I'm also now just putting two together. It's like, 
up the chuff and then chuffed is happy. It's like, yeah, oh, I'm chuffed that she's up the chuff. And that's a sentence that makes sense um, uh, in some parts of the UK. But if I was to call you a clever clogs or a clever dick. Uh, clever clogs just means like a smart person. Yes, but specifically it means someone who is annoyingly or ostentatiously clever. So it's like not a just smart someone, ass. Yeah, a smart ass would be another. Again, more slang. It's great, isn't mm-hmm. it? And then we have cock. Cock is a penis. But also it can mean nonsense, load of old cock, or a friend or fellow, me old cock. Fair enough. Or it can uh, be like um, just a chicken as well. That's it. It's so cops. versatile, isn't it? And then we have a cock up. That would mean to just like screw something up to mess yep. something up. Yeah, to fuck something up. We have uh, collie wobbles. Is that just like a bunch of nonsense? Uh, it means you've got an upset stomach. Well, you've got oh, one right. there, Lucas. Codswallop. Oh, yeah. That's nonsense. Just... A conk? Not. No. no. The head or the nose. So if you're on the conk, you like whack someone on the head. Cop and copper. We know those ones, right? Mm-hmm. That's for police. Core blimey. Any friends of Harry Potter would know that one. Yeah, core blimey is just like a term used in like you know, in shock or something like that. Surprise, yes, and it is a bastardization of God blind me. So blind me. Oh. Uh, corker. That's a right corker. I I kind of know this one, but just explain it. I'm not going to do it very well. Uh, so corker is um, someone or something that is outstanding. And likewise, you can use corking, which means that something is outstanding or excellent. See, because for some reason, I know that this is like combining American and Britain right now, but like, I don't know if it has a similar kind of origin, but like a corker to me would be like, oh man, like he's hit a baseball with like a corked bat, so it's gone further. And maybe that might be to do with like corking of like a cricket bat or something, maybe. Maybe. Don't know. The the origins could be uh, all those on one of those. Then we have a crack. And this is uh, to help you. It's derived from a similar word that's pronounced the same in Irish, but is spelled differently. So it's the right crack. So in the native Irish, it'd be spelled C-R-A-I-C. So if you have an so Irish no, person... Just... I remember working with an Irish person that told me this, but I can't remember. Who calls it a right crack? It means a, a good time. Oh, no, I'm thinking of something else then. Yeah, it can also be someone who excels <coughs> at something. So, you know, a crack mm-hmm. shot. And then finally, we have cracker. Um, no, going blank on that one. Someone or something of notable ability or quality. So it's a right cracker. That's a similar to... Yeah, yeah. and then just to... Just, and finally, to highlight, you know, the, the variety of in, like the English language, crackers can mean... If I called you, you said you were crackers. You were crazy, right? Yeah. I think that just to show like that's what crack, cracker, crackers. Three words all sound exactly the same. Or you'd think mm-hmm. they'd have similar but they have wildly different meanings and understandings based on their context and how they use. So it's like, like you know, two of them are really like, you know, pretty good things and then all of a sudden you add an S on the end and it's like, oh no, you're mental. Yeah, it seems that thing, isn't it, like um, fuck. Of like how versatile is the word fuck? Of like I could say fuck you, you fucking fuck. And that's a sentence <laughs> that makes sense, and all the inst- like, instances of the word fuck being used mean something different. I'm glad yeah. that we were on a child-friendly podcast here. You know what? It's slang, and no, slang it, it, is naturally going to involve, like, you know, slang for stuff that's unsavory and swear words. 
and also, you know, I we actively aim our demographic at like adults, which is reflected in like the age demographics that we hit in all our analytics. Like it is indeed, yes, but you know. So apologies if anyone's um you know, reeling at Carl's phrasing. But well, yeah, yeah. That was you know, uh, grow up. that was British slang. I just enjoy doing that because it's nice as there's so there's probably so many people out there like I, I don't know why. It's like there's two views people have of the British. It's either like David Tennant, you know, posh, stiff upper lip, the Queen, all that sort of thing. I mean, no, that's what people think of David yeah, Tennant. That's, but David Tennant is not because like he's not, David no, Tennant but... is not this like RP English dude. It's like no, he's, he's fucking Scottish. But the acting that he does, like people think of like mm. you know posh, foppish Englishman, or they think of. Council House Aggravated Violence. Like, you always have that amazing thing where it's like, I think it's the Japanese textbook showing you what English, like, boys are like. Mm. And it's like a lad wearing a Burberry cap, which is like, you know, a, like a bit of iconography for chavs, just saying, are oh, you Chinese slag? Do you want to get some dick? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's British lads. That, that's, that's, what br- you get when, that's what you get when you go over to Magaluf, isn't it? Oh, God, Shagaluf. Shagalop, yeah. <laughs> There's that amazing thing though. It's like someone on Snapchat, like, my boyfriend said he's like visiting his mum, but then like his Snapchat says in Magaluf. Has anyone else got this um, uh, glitch? And he's like, oh, she don't know. <laughs> she don't know. He's just gone to Magaluf. Oh, yeah. British slang. And I hope, you know, in 20 more episodes, because I think it was one of the first ones we did, we'll do another one and we'll cover mm-hmm. another two letters. Yeah, because like I'd forgotten that we'd done it specifically only covered like. That's such a small portion of the the subject, and I was like, Carl remembers that we've done this, right? I and do, then it was yes. like, I'd forgotten that we'd only done like a couple of letters specifically. Yeah, there is a lot of British slang. There is a lot, so much so that I I was just unaware of half of it that we've just spoken about, and I've been in the country for thirty years. Yeah, I, I find it fascinating. And uh, what have you brought to the table? Um, uh, which no doubt we'll get to after the break. Um, well, I was going to say that I've brought a break for us, but yes. Uh, well, Carl, before we take a quick break where you can mm-hmm. just sigh to yourself for a brief moment, <sighs> oh, uh, I am going to bring for us the wiki page on the National Pokedex. So we're back from our break, Lucas, and you you promised to sow some Discord right now. So you're going to talk about. I, I mentioned Brexit, you're mentioning Dexit. <laughs> I'm mentioning Dexit. So let's talk about the National Pokedex. And, like, you know, obviously, to start with, uh, we're going to mention that, like, the National Pokedex is just, like, the Pokedex that incorporates like, every single Pokemon. And Carl and I often talk about the fact that either competitively, there are a lot of useless Pokemon out there that could be completely just neutered by the existence of all the Pokemon that serve that purpose much better. Yeah, to the point where it's like, you can't even say they must, they, oh, we must have a niche. It's like, no, there's 900 Pokemon. Some Pokemon are literally useless compared to other ones. Like, there is nothing that they do that is not done better than by another Pokemon that has better stats, better move pull, mm-hmm. just better utility, like, yeah. synergy. So there are so many Pokemon that are just fucking useless. And then also, there are a lot of Pokemon after, you know, uh, I think, what's it say? Uh, I think this is like 1,017 Pokemon now. I think we've got a couple check as we go on. There's quite a lot, but 
in that thousand and seventeen, there are quite a lot of just like useless in terms of design, like just forgettable Pokemon. Yeah, so we always talk about like Finneon, which is just a fish. <laughs> it's it's just like, a fish. Finneon's a little cute fish. Luminion is like a relatively like elegant looking fish, but in the realms of like a thousand Pokemon, it just doesn't stand out in any way. It's a fish. It is. It's like just look at the starters. By default, you've got like what nine generations of starters that are basically just the same Pokemon. Of like, it's the fire starter, mm-hmm. you know, the prodigy. That's it. <laughs> and um, I just, you know, just let us know out there. Not what your like most obvious favorite Pokemon is. Like, mm-hmm. don't say like your favorite Charizard because everyone's fucking favorite is goddamn Charizard. <laughs> I, I just say um, if like, anyone says their favourite Pokemon is like Lucario or Charizard or Mewtwo or something I'm like I don't want to talk to you because you've got no <laughs> you had no identity. You were marketed to and you believe their lies. Yeah. You were told um, to like this Pokemon and you believe the marketing department. So like let us know in the comments your more niche favourite Pokemon. Like for example I'd say I like a lot of the you know cat and dog type Pokemon but one of my top Pokemon is also Chargerbug. Yeah. The London bus. It is just a little bug bus, and I the, love it. And the the fact that the shiny form is a little red bus. It's a little like, red London bus. It's like, for me, Shedinja, because it's such an interesting idea. It's based on, like, you know, discarded cicada shell. Mm-hmm. And when you evolve it, you get two Pokemon. You get the fastest Pokemon in the game, and you get a Pokemon that can't be hurt or killed, because it's already dead. Did you ever do the thing when you were younger, of, like, you always had, like, the full party? Yep, so I didn't and know. And then... You didn't know that Shedinja was a Pokemon because yep. you just evolved Ninkada in a full party. It turned into Ninjask, and then you moved on with your life. And then someone mentions Shedinja, and you're like, "Why is that?" And it's like you've got to have a spare like um, party yep. slot. You've you've got to have at least one slot open so that the discarded shell can become Shedinja. And that is like you know a unique Pokemon which doesn't have any real analog in the rest of the thousand Pokemon that exist. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's a good Pokemon. I'm going to say, Finneon, yeah. there are like 50 fish Pokemon. And there's a lot of just base water types with better move pools, better stat distribution. Yeah. Just all yeah. the starters, all the water starters, just like basically make it completely pointless. It's like, why do they exist? <laughs> but then some people get annoyed about the fact that not every game has a thousand Pokemon. It's like, why? And that's no doubt what you're going to discuss, yes? It is, yes. Uh, so the National Pokedex is not available at the start of games, but it can be unlocked by completing certain tasks. Um, it, bear in mind that the National Pokedex was only introduced, I believe, in Generation 3. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're saying all this, you know, it applies to that. Um, beginning with Generation 7, the National Pokedex is no longer typically introduced in the main series games, but it can be accessed instead through storage apps like Pokemon Bank and Pokemon Home. And that was, um, it says Generation 7 here, but I'm pretty sure, like, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon had, like, every Pokemon available. I might get that wrong. And then it was the Dexit, as it got known, was mm-hmm. that in Sword and Shield in Generation 8, that not all Pokemon would be available. Yeah, and I remember that happening. And I think it's the first time I've ever, like, sided with the corporation. <laughs> like joining, I think like you know, you know, you want to be the consumer. Like you know, I want to be on the side that I you know gives me what I deserve as a consumer. I want to be treated fairly. And mm-hmm. um, what was Dexit? Just to remind everybody, it was just 
um, a movement of people that were essentially boycotting the new games that all bought it day one, no doubt. Of course, that, yes. Um, were basically like, if you don't put all available one, Pokemon, 900, 900 Pokemon, Pokemon into Sword and Shield Generation 9, we will not buy this game. Yeah, and I just remember uh, seeing... Eight, yeah. Sorry, not 9. And I just remember seeing them like send death threats to the developers, and I went and I looked at a picture of Finneon and went, "Really? Is it worth a death threat? Really, Finneon?" And it was like, obviously, they're like, "No, it's just like you know, I have all these." But it's like, no, it's like, really, this is what you want to die on the hill of? Like, you want a thousand Pokemon? Mm-hmm. Like, you want to put effort into making like Finneon? And really? that's the thing is, like, I am a person. You've got wants every yeah. Pokemon available. Like, I would like that. But I'm, yeah, again, on your side of like the moment I saw what the fans were like in reaction, mm-hmm. I fully was just on the side of the developers of like, leave these people alone. Like, yes, there are a lot of questionable practices when it comes to Game Freak, the Pokemon company, mm-hmm. holding back Pokemon, etc., etc. Like, inherently, these games are built off selling you two copies of one game. Like, they, they've been not the good guys from the start in terms of that. Did you see that thing recently as well? There was going to be like 100,000 versions of Pokemon where everyone, they were going to ship them all with minor variations so that no two Pokemon copies would be the same. Essentially what they wanted to do is like procedural generation on the Game Boy. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah, it just ended up slowly getting more whittled and whittled down as the game became more expansive. Yeah, and And then it just became, here's two versions, you've got to buy two if you want all the Pokemon. Well, their initial thinking was, is the same thing. Trading was the idea. They they expected that people would, like, you know, trade with their friends. And they Mm -hmm. didn't expect it to become a global fucking phenomenon. They they didn't anticipate in 25 years' time people on this Twitter, which didn't exist, would be bitching at them for not putting in the fish Pokemon they invented 10 years ago mm-hmm. into the newest iteration of their game. Like, they never anticipated that. Yeah. And it's also worth pointing out as well, isn't it? Like, gotta catch them all is not the tagline in Japan, right? Because that's what uh, a lot of Western fans are like. Well, it's called but gotta catch them all, but they're not all in the game. That's not the tagline yeah. in Japan, is it? Um, let's have a quick Google. Yeah. Pokemon... Um... Moto Japan. Oh yeah, the the, Japan. the Japanese Pokemon is just get just Pokemon. Get Pokemon. Yeah, just get. Not all of them. Just get some. <laughs> just just get some. Just get, just get some. some Pokemon. There's a few. Get, go get them. It's why probably um, there was that disconnect in the anime. Watching the anime of like, why is Ash not catching all of them? This is because fake. that was never the intention. Ash catches the Pokemon he wants to catch. Yeah, and thirty Tauros. I'd want 30 fucking Tauros. In Gen 1, with how powerful Tauros was, I'd want 30 of them. Like, literally the best Pokemon in the game besides uh, Mewtwo and Snorlax. It's crazy. Up there in that, like, Uber's tier, essentially, yeah. of, like, there's, like, six Pokemon in Gen 1 that just completely dominate and Tauros is up there. Yeah, uh, maybe, like, you know, one day we'll cover that, but just to people wondering, like, wait, Snorlax is the best Pokemon in Gen 1? It's like, yeah... Um, in competitive, it has a literal 100% pick rate. Every single top-level team in the first generation used a Snorlax. And the only way to beat Snorlax is with your own Snorlax. It's then, that good. It's the single same, best Pokemon in the game. It's like same with Generation 2. And like I recently watched a um, false white gaming video mm. of like why was Snorlax not banned in Gen 2? And it's like 
inherently, like, because Gen 2 is defined by Snorlax, it would be just carnage and chaos and so much worse without Snorlax now. Yeah, it's basically the thing that keeps everyone else in check. It's like the linchpin. Yeah. So if you remove it from the game, basically every other Pokemon's allowed to run wild. But if Snorlax is there, you always have that wall. The warlax, mm-hmm. if you will. And, yeah, um, obviously Snorlax to this day remains used to some extent, but First two generations, like Snorlax, is just almost unstoppable. Yeah. Other than another Snorlax, essentially. Yeah. Go on, Uh, tell me more about the National Dex. So National Dex, so Generation 2, obviously Gen 1 just has the Pokedex. Of course, yes. Uh, Gen 2, it was the um, Gold, Silver and Crystal, the Pokedex lists Pokemon by their new Pokedex order, the the Johto's regional Pokedex. Mm -hmm. And then it has the option to change it to all Pokedex order, which is just from, like, you know, Staff one up, being up, Bulbasaur. All the way up. Um, I always find it generation. weird, though, in, like, the actual Pokedex, Mewtwo comes before Mew. Because Mew wasn't technically a Pokemon. But they knew Mew existed, and it's in the... It's all, yeah. That always annoyed me, that Mew is number 151, even though it should be before Mewtwo. It should be because it was the first Pokemon. It really should be like. It should be number zero instead of fucking Victini. Yeah. It's like, have you ever seen that like great tweet of like, I don't respect Q's place in the alphabet? So we just talked about language. Like, it should be at the back of the alphabet with all the other weirdo goth letters. <laughs> it's like, you know, just something in your mind. Like, yeah, and you think about it. It's like, yeah, Q does. Yeah. Q should be like, you know, W, X, Y, and why, Z. Yeah, why is it not with X, Y, and Z? Yeah, yeah. It, it just... And you don't know how... It, it, just, it just feels like it belongs <laughs> at that point in the alphabet. It's like, I feel like Mew doesn't belong at 151. Like, Mew should be number one, really. It's like, yeah, it's the original Well, that's Pokemon. why I said number zero, because yeah. it's like... the. I mean, and then you'd have to make Arceus, like, zero, minus one. Yeah, because that's that thing. is like, what is the original Pokemon? Is it Mew? Because all Pokemon descended from Mew. Is it Arceus? Because it created all Pokemon. Is it... Then someone's going to say Kangaskhan, it's the first one implemented, right? Um, Was it the first one in code? I know that Rhydon was the first one, like, drawn in the manga that's... Hmm recognizable as a modern Pokemon. Yeah, it's like, what is the original Pokemon? I've always like, just, I've never respected Muse yeah. 151 placement. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, the term National Dex got introduced in Gen 3. Um, the Pokedex is upgraded with the National Mode after the game trades with Fire Red, Leaf Green, or Emerald. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's from Ruby and Sapphire. Um, whenever, wherever or not, Ruby and Sapphire is receiving a Pokemon not in the Hoenn deck. So you just need yes. to trade with one of those other three games. And it just completely it updates your entire Pokedex. And then trading with Pokemon Coliseum or XD Gale of Darkness does not unlock the national decks. And this is already where we start to get to. Yeah, there was decks it like in Gen 8, but when you get to even Gen 3, you're already getting to a point where to get all Pokemon, you have it- to have like Ruby or Sapphire. Um, fire Red or Leaf Green, and then like Pokemon Coliseum and XD Gale of Darkness or something it's, like that. It's almost like they never anticipated that everyone would get every single one. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the games weren't designed that way. It was always just like an extra feature of like, hey, if you happen to own our old thing, here's a little bonus for it. It's like when you, like, you boot up a game, it's like you've got a save from the previous game. Here's a little thank you, right? Here's mm. an extra item. They don't expect you to like, you give a boost to the first hour of the game and it becomes like replace everything. It's like, we don't really expect you. We don't. It's nice that you played the previous game, but this is a new game. This is a new thing. We want you to focus on the new thing. And I'm very much, you know, 
understanding of that, and it is frustrating on both sides of things. Yeah. But, like, I I get it, because as a kid, I got taught the aim of Pokemon was to get them all. Yeah. And you can't get them all. And it's like, even I remember back in the day, like, being annoyed that to get them all, I had to, like, get my Pokemon Coliseum and yeah. get them, tr- like, Shadow Pokemon Purify to trade over to... And it's, it's been a ball ache for a long, long time. It, and it I, is frustrating, yeah. And you said there, the operative word, when you were a kid. Now you're an adult, yeah. and you understand the way the world works, and you think, well, I don't really... Do you have time to collect a thousand Pokemon, Lucas? Carl, you're talking to somebody that has essentially a living Dex. Well, that's because you've already had it. It's like it gets carried over, didn't it? But it's just that thing like... I mean, it like not really, honestly. Um, I from Gen Eight went and filled out my Pokedex. Oh, fair enough. But uh, that was yeah, I had like a lot though, right? of what is that? During the pandemic, though, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I was going to say you've got the excuse about having infinite free time, but oh, okay. No, just Better when not. the game's released. Um, so yeah, I just also bear in mind we worked in the pandemic, Carl. We did, yes, but yeah. we didn't have just unlimited time off for a year. It's, just, um, it's always been fascinating to be like fully grown adult man because that's the thing we always joke about. Like, me and you, we love Pokemon. We're in our thirties, mm-hmm. we love Pokemon, we love it. It's great, but we still understand it's for kids. The series yeah. is and always will be aimed at children, and I it's just nice that we can play as adults. I do get frustrated that like there are literally Pokemon that if you own just a Switch, you cannot get that Pokemon. Yeah. Every game that is available on the Switch, like, there is a small subsect of Pokemon that, I mean, maybe that this might not be the case with the Pokemon added in, like, the Teal Mask DLC yeah. that got, like, updated a few days ago, but before that DLC came out, there was, like, a small subsect of Pokemon that, if you owned every single Switch game, you cannot get those Pokemon still. Yeah. And that is very frustrating, and, you know, like... It's it's one of those things that I I get annoyed when I'm like I can't get all of these Pokemon. I've been working on a living decks and it's been a ball yeah. late to get some of them. But I also understand that I'm the person who's going after a living decks, and realistically, that's not what the games are built for. It's, yeah, the games are not made for that minor subset of people, like the weirdo collector, mm-hmm. which I you know I include myself among who like who just wants to have everything because we represent a very small minority of the audience that's intended for the game. And it would not make financial or even just any real sense to cater towards that minority because, mm-hmm. as there was it, it's a minority of your fan base. Why would you cater towards them? Because their viewpoints and what they want is naturally alienating to the other 99% of your audience, which is children. Yeah. And if anyone doesn't know what I keep saying about living decks, it just yes. means that... Um, like, instead of being like, oh, my Pokedex says I've gone through every Pokemon, it's mm-hmm. that no, in my Pokemon home, I don't just have like a Venusaur, a Blastoise, and a Charizard. I have yeah, like Bulbasaur, Ivysaur, Venusaur, Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard. I have like, you know, every iteration of every part of every evolution of every Pokemon. And the thinking and with even that. Variations and stuff. And the thinking with that is, is that when a new Pokemon game comes out, you just transfer every single one of those to the new Pokemon game and you automatically get a full Pokedex, save for whatever new ones are introduced in that game. And I can I can see why that would be a very satisfying thing. It'd be like having a stamp collection where one's missing. Mm. I can see why that would be frustrating for people. But again, not everyone 
wants to do that. And in fact, the company oh, yeah. making the game don't want you to do that. They don't. And that's not the intended play style or, you know, end point at any point, realistically. And there's some people who go way beyond that to, like, make it a shiny living decks and all this crazy nonsense. And it's like, if you want to go to these weird lengths of, like, you know, just, I should say, collectors. Yeah. And then that's fine. But don't have a go at, like, that not being the intended experience. But also as well, like, people who are that obsessed, that deep into the world... We don't need to cater towards those people because they're going to buy it anyway. Like, you can bet that nearly everyone that was like, "I'm I'm, I'm boycotting Pokemon because it's not all in," they bought the game. Mate, I play Call of Duty every single. <laughs> e- ev- I played Call of Duty since like the f- PS2 one. Mm-hmm. Every single new Call of Duty game is it's the worst Call of Duty. <laughs> every single one. And it's, it's worse for me because as a content creator, and I like Call of Duty, I don't want to say that out loud because every content creator who likes Call of Duty is an arsehole. Like, because the last thing is, I know that you play a lot of Call of Duty in the background, and like you even mentioned sometimes if you're like coming in and raiding me on Twitch or whatever, that like, oh yeah, I'm just hanging out playing some Call of Duty, and people are like, Carl plays Call of Duty. It's like, you, you very rarely mention it because of the type of people you would get. Yeah, and it's the thing, like, and, but the same people who do nothing but bitch about Call of Duty, they're the ones who play it every day. So mm-hmm. like, it's the thing, like, I remember like, when it was, like, they took that knobhead skin out of the game, and he was bitch, I'm never playing this game again. He was playing it a week later. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, I'm getting back, they don't want me in the game, I'm going to play it. It's like, no, you're obsessed. Like, you, Part of your brain is broken, and you can't not play this game. You are addicted. Um, like, it's like if he if he got kicked out of a bar for being too drunk, he'd try and sneak back in because <laughs> it's all he's got. I um understand like you know that very much because I'm a Destiny player and yeah. there's always that thing of going every, around that every update. You, see of, you know, nobody complains about Destiny like a Destiny player, and it's like, yeah because we're like nearly ten years into the Destiny life cycle at this point. The only people that are going to really care about these itty nitty like details in the up, like you know updates and random things that are going mm. on are people that are really in the community. Like if I tell Carl that they're deprecating legendary shards next year, it's like, what does that mean? Exactly. It's like you know, I why play, is he going to care? I play Mortal Combat. I've just got the new one. Great. Reset the timeline. There are people mm-hmm. online right now. Moaning because their characters' boobs are smaller, and to them that is enough to make them scream out loud at the creator of the game on Twitter and threaten to kill him. And at no point does it ever occur to them that maybe this isn't the way I'm going to convince someone to give me my way. But it's like you know, it's like a baby throwing its dummy out the pram. All they know is if they act out, things happen. And some people just never grow. It's like. Pokemon fans, like, you know, that kind of Pokemon fan. Like, they just know that, oh, I ask reasonably, no one listens to me because I'm a Pokemon mm-hmm. fan. If I scream and bitch and moan, at least the other people who are as angry as I am will like my tweet, and then I feel validated. Yeah. And I'll just, you know, yeah, go on to say, look, there's been ups and downs where, like, some generations you could get all the Pokemon, some you couldn't. Mm-hmm. It it's very nebulous, and at this point, I think 
I don't mind the compromise of like, look, you can get them all on Pokemon Home. Yeah. And Pokemon or, Home or Pokemon does... Go. I think Pokemon Go. We can't Go, get them all on Pokemon Go. But you will eventually. I think Pokemon Go will eventually become the repository of every Pokemon because just they seemingly keep rolling out new updates that's give you. And eventually, every Pokemon will be on Pokemon Go. And I feel like that's the way they're going to do it of casuals who just want to play because they want a Pikachu, but then the weirdo mm. collectors. We were talking when we met up, weren't we? There were people trying to shiny hunt in Pokemon Sleep and moaning that they have to get a full <laughs> night's sleep to get shiny. <laughs> and he's like... Why would you make the game for the people who are going to optimize the fun out of the experience? See, I love the idea of people going for, like, fun Pokemon sleep runs, where they're like, oh, yeah, let's go and try and shine you hunt in Pokemon sleep or Pokemon, um, like, smile or whatever Mm -hmm. for, like, dumb fun. But the idea of, like, God, I'm getting mad that I can't shiny hunt more efficiently in Pokemon Sleep. It's so, I remember when Pokemon Go came out, my friend bought two phones and spoofed his location on them so he could walk around mm-hmm. um, in foreign countries and collect Pokemon. And like, I remember him saying, you're an idiot for actually trying to catch them the normal way because it's not efficient. And I went, do you even enjoy this? <laughs> are you actually having fun right now or is it just the part of your brain that needs to see the number go up mm-hmm. because that's addiction yeah and um yeah as i say pokemon home includes the full national pokedex yes um it it includes every pokedex description since x and y for each pokemon um i guess that's because they introduced pokemon bank during x and y so they've been keeping like a repository since then i think that's the best way to do it of like you know and then when a new game comes out like you've got your repository of all your old Mm -hmm. pokemon and it keeps their titles and where you found them and then you know if they're in this region you can find this pokemon you can bring them in likewise the pokemon you discover in this new region you can send them to pokemon home and maybe at a later date you can go back to an old game yeah i think that's the best of both worlds because it satisfies the weirdo collectors but also allows them to actually make a new game because as you said there's so many pokemon that are basically useless or obsolete because of the existence of others. How hard must it be to make a new Pokemon game with new Pokemon? When you have to say, okay, what does this does this Pokemon fulfill a role that's not fulfilled by the other one thousand? Mm-hmm. That must be awful. Like it must like, be so creatively strangling. But at the same time, it is slightly annoying when every game has to have the a new early bug type. It has yeah. to have a new Pidgey. It has to have a new Beedrill. A new yeah. Uh, Butterfree, and like it is on the other side of that argument, it also creatively limits them when they don't have earlier generations to fulfill those roles, and they feel yeah. like they have to put the same Pokemon in over and over again in a new form. Yeah, and it's like we've talked before about why are the the gens, for example, like the, the opening Pokemon, like why is it always fire, grass, water? Why is it? Why are they fire grass water, Lucas? There's no reason. The only reason that they're fire grass water is because they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, no. it's just basically like because of like a tradition and b balancing. It's rock paper scissors, isn't it? It's yeah. It's like rock paper scissors, and the argument could be that oh well, let's bring a different rock paper scissors trio. Yeah, so it's like into fire the mix. Fire counts as grass. Grass counts as water. Water counts as fire. The only reason that they have those three as the starters is because of that interaction of like if you pick a fire starter the person who picks the water starter has an advantage over you but you have an advantage over the grass starter and vice versa they could easily be any other three types that have that interaction and they've like, for never example, done it people say why isn't it um psychic dark and fighting instead and they've, and and they've, they've done, done that it. with the subtypes 
before I think yeah. uh, what Gen Six did the subtitles, like, yes. the fire, psychic, water, dark, grass fighting. It, it, it feels so limiting, and it's like you said there. Like, and then every time you go onto the first route, it's got to have the normal type that's based on a rat or a a squirrel or just some like mm-hmm. small uh, some rodent, mammal, or rodent, some kind, yeah. and then some kind of bird. Mm-hmm. And it feels and so some bugs and yeah. It feels locked into a formula in a very uncreative way when you don't just bring back a Pidgey or whatever. Yeah. Like it would be so easy to be like, look, here's you like, you know, Rattata, Pidgey, um Caterpie, Weedle. Yeah. But- They're all there early game, and now we can move on and make more interesting creatures. But at the same time, I know that we're saying this as people have been playing the game since it started twenty years ago. Exactly, yeah. It's like, there are new kids picking up that game who don't have that. So when they mm-hmm. see, and, like, you know, we have an affinity for Pidgey. We like Pidgey. We like Beedrill. We like um, those early, like, you know, root Pokemon. The hope would be that these new kids become attached to those Pokemon because, mm-hmm. yeah, like, you know, we're making a yeah. game for them. We don't want to make and a game for the weirdo adults who are just going to buy it anyway because they're going to buy it anyway. <laughs> I think there's, um, like, quite noticeable generational gaps with Pokemon fans of Yes. You see a lot of people that grew up either on Gen 1 or Gen 2. Yes. Um, the Game Boy games. And then there is obviously people that started at Gen 3, but there's an, a big spike again. People whose first game was Pokemon Diamond or Pearl, because that yeah. was the first DS game. And a lot of people like, you know, they DS kid. was massively successful. And yeah, then DS, no Pokemon doubt game. no doubt in ten years' time, you're gonna see a bunch of people that first Pokemon game was like um, going to be one of those two Switch ones, like Sword and Shield or Skull yep. and Violet, because you know we haven't spoke to those people on like internet forums yet because they're still children. Yep, and the hope would be that they will gain an affinity for the Pokemon introduced in that game. And mm-hmm. it's kind of wholesome in that way, isn't it? Like every generation gets to experience like basically it's basically the same story, isn't it? It's the same for basic the most game. Part, yeah. It's the same basic premise, the same rough, like as we say, kind of role fulfillment for the Pokedex and it's kind of it it's it's a machine. Pokemon is a marketing machine at this Mate. point. They have it yeah. The it, formula is nailed down. It is soul. It's like I play Call of Duty and I mentioned like, you know, there are people out there who are like, oh man, I w- I, I just wish you know Call of Duty was good like it was when they made Call of Duty Black Ops 2. And to it's some like, people what was your first Call of Duty it's And like, here it yeah. is and it's that like I think it's like an onion headline where it's like for, like inexplicably, the best music ever made just so happens to be the music you first listened to when you were fourteen years old. <laughs> and it's like that thing, and it's like, and it's a joke. So like you think like when you're fourteen years old, and that's when you first be starting to become your own person. You're like, mm-hmm. you're not listening to the music your parents did. You like, you know, you're finding your own interests. And there's some people out there they don't seem to realize that they have nostalgia for that thing. It's like it's not about it doesn't have like it's not objectively it can be objectively but their nostalgia is what's clouding their mind it's like then that's how you result in like well the best Call of Duty was Call of Duty Black Ops 2 is that, is that the one that you played when you were 14 with your friends and you really mm-hmm. had fun playing after school with your friends or do you think it is objectively mechanically the best Call of Duty because as someone who's played new and every single one they're all basically the same and exactly the same thing could basically be said for Pokemon of like well I think that, like, every Pokemon, just none of them look good anymore because, like, none of them were as good as back in Gen 1. And it's, is it that? Or 
was rock with arms, not that great a design, and that you just have a, a lot of nostalgia for Gen 1. Yeah, same thing, isn't it? It's like, you know, but that's why you end up with people who are like, and it's even happening within like games that are the same game, ostensibly, but they've undergone a lot of variation. You have people now who are like, oh, Fortnite's not been good since update 1.3. Yeah. And it's like, is that <laughs> Minecraft the- 1.4 was peak Minecraft. And is that is that the Minecraft you first played when you were a kid? It's like, yeah, but that's like, you know, nothing. It's, it is. That's the one you like. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's fascinating and frustrating and is something I could talk about all goddamn day. Yeah, and I just want to round out, Carl, with mm-hmm. just letting you know each generation, like, where it starts and ends in the Pokedex. Okay, that'd be cute. Let's see if we can guess this then. So, Generation 1 starts with... Um, obviously, Bulbasaur ends with Mew. Yeah, with so number one is Bulbasaur, 151 is Mew. Yep. Uh, so, every gen, you, you're not going to get... Uh, well, actually, no. There's one try. gen where you are going to get caught out on this, but for the most part, it's just got- they start with grass starters, right? Yeah. So we only try. So then it'll start with so Gen one, Two, One Fifty Two, which would be Chikorita. Indeed. And then I guess there was a hundred new Pokemon introduced that gen. Well, there was. So number two fifty one. That would be Celebi. That is Celebi. Celebi, and, and then two fifty two. Uh, what what game was that? Gen three. So uh, Ruby Sapphire. Okay, so that would be. What was the grass starter in? Ruby <laughs> Sapphire. You're going to kick yourself. Oh, shit, no. Because there's, there's so many. Um, the grass mm-hmm. starter in Ruby Sapphire. Oh, Didn't think this would be the one to get you. It is, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm trying to think. Cause it's not like... I think I didn't use my starter in that game. So I think I immediately, <laughs> I immediately replaced it with an Incarta. Arthur, yeah. Um... It's not Chikorita. So we have Bulbasaur, then Chikorita. Maybe think about the other two That's what I'm starters. trying to think of. What? Is it Grokey? <laughs> no, Grokey's um, Diamond of Pearl, right? Uh, the, the weird turtle? Turtwig, sorry? Uh, Turtwig is Gen 4. So. Oh, I thought this was one of the more obvious ones. Yeah, I think Ruby and Sapphire is the one I played the most, but I just, mm-hmm. for some reason, the grass start from that game just fl- flown out of my head. I'll give you a hint. The, one of the other starters is a Mudkip. Nope, it's gone. So Mudkip, Torchic, and Shriko. Shriko, yeah, Grovile, of course. Yeah, yes, Grovile, and that would, the last Pokemon in that one would be Rayquaza? No, it's number 386, Deoxys. Of course, yeah, because there was Emerald, which I didn't play, which introduced the new Mythicals, which was Deoxys, which comes to space. I think, yeah, I can't remember when the Mythicals are, like co- come in and out, but like Jirachi and Deoxys were event Pokemon. Yeah, which I, I honestly... Then, uh, yeah, Generation 4 is 387, starting with... Turtwig, but I don't know the legendaries because I didn't play Diamond and Pearl. Oh, you you know this one, Carl. Darkrai? No. Palkia or Dialga, no. one of those? Well, it's linked with that. So it'd be the third one in the trio, which Palkia, Dialga, and... It's the fourth one. No, again, it's gone. Arceus. Arceus, yeah, okay, yes. The Dialga. god of Pokemon. My bad. And... This one is a bit different, but 494 is the start of Gen 5. And Gen 5, which game was that? Is that Black and White? Black and White. Black and White. Um, 
starter in that one was the pig. It's a bit different this time. Would it be um, uh, Little Pig? Little Piggy? Nope. It is Victini. Victini. The mythical Pokemon. So that started the gen. Technic- so they released it as an event Pokemon, but made it number zero in that deck. <sighs> that would throw me off, yeah. Yeah, so then, that's not one of the starters. That's a mythical Pokemon that was then like thrown in as number zero. <sighs> but then the grass starter for that one would be... Um, Oh, what's we're we're, so, we're such fake Pokemon it's fans? Servine Superior, but what's the first one? Oh, Smugleaf, Smugleaf, but like Snivy, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, we all, everyone call it Smugleaf. It's like <laughs> so that's why I was forgetting the the actual name of yeah. it, Smugleaf, because everyone called it Smugleaf, didn't they? It's like such and a then um, number six forty nine to end out Gen five. Oh, I don't even know the legendary was in that. Um... Again, you've got to think like the mythical ones. The not mythical the ones, ones, yeah. The weird mythical trio in that one. Um, like Vol- Volcanion? Uh, no, uh, that would be Genesect. Oh, yeah, God, that fucking... That's the, I hate the mythical Pokemon. I have them yeah, all. me too. I never use them, so I don't give a shit where they place in the Pokedex. And then uh, Gen 6, X and Y. X and Y, that was... God, what was X and Y? That was Greninja's time to shine. It was Greninja's time to shine. So the grass one in that. I think no one knows the grass Pokemon in that one. Oh, that would be <laughs> um, a little chest bin. Chest bin, yeah. Chest bin, little chest bin. Chestnut. Little, little chestnut. You might be able to guess because you were close. Number 721 for Gen 6. So is that, is that Volcanion? That's Volcanion, yeah. Volcanion, there we go. Um, then Gen 7 was Sun and Moon Sun and with moon. number 722. The grass Pokemon that was. Oh, is, is it. No, because Rillaboom would have been Sword and Shield because it's the English mm-hmm. one. It's the Hawaiian one? The Hawaiian one, yeah. I don't know. Uh, everyone's favourite, well, I guess, starter that turns into everyone's favourite Pokemon fighter. You've got Rowlet. That turns oh, into yeah, Decidueye. Decidueye. What the hell has that got to do with Hawaii? That's what we've talked before, isn't it? Like the regions. <laughs> like they some of the, like the inspirations like, every, people don't know every Pokemon region is based on like a real world location. And they generally take yeah. inspiration from that region for the starters. I remember mm-hmm. us being so confused, like, what the fuck is Rillaboom? Because you've got um Cinderace. We'll get onto it, yeah, but like, yeah. yeah. Well like this I is mean, the, the Aloha region is based on like, no South Pacific Islands, Hawaii. And it's like, but the trifecta was based on, like, sword and sorcery. You had, like, the archer, the mage, and the knight. No, that would have been... Because Gen 6 was, um, like, the tank, the mage, and the rogue. Yes. Um, with, uh, like, Delphox, uh, Greninja, yeah. Chestnut. And then Gen 7 was Primarina, the diva, um, Rowler, the like assassin like the yeah, hoodie like, wearer like yeah sometimes then, they just don't um, gel what's the you know fire what I mean? one incineroar the wrestler yeah like they don't gel like usually there is like a theme that binds them at least in later gens like you said they're like mage tank rogue and uh, then you um, had um, like with piplup and stuff it was like emperor yeah was there was like samurai the samurai um and then torterra um I, the castle not Maybe the castle, yeah. Uh, but do do you know the end of Gen Seven? 
That's when Ultra Beast came in, isn't it? Again, it's not Ultra Beast. It's not an Ultra Beast, of... okay. Um, what was like the, the super secret? Like, is that Necrozma, whatever the fuck it was called? That weird uh, prism uh, thing? No, it was Melmetal. The evolution of like when a bunch of Meltans come together. That shit from Pokemon Go, yeah. That's the thing. Uh, I, it's like, this, I don't know what this Pokemon is. is. is yeah, 809 Pokemon at that point. It's already yeah. hard to keep track. And then the next then gen. 810. That would have been Grookey? Grookey. Grookey. Yeah. Which is the one we're confused uh, by because it's set in Britain or based on a location that looks like Britain. And they're thinking they've got Cinderace, a footballer. Makes sense. Like, you know, British national pastime. Mm-hmm. Um, Inteleon. Intelli- intelligence. Um, He's like se- a spy. Secret, secret agent James Bond. Rillaboom. A gorilla that plays the drums. And it's like there's some people who have been, oh, but maybe it's like inspired by one of the drummers from like a British rock band, like for example, the Beatles, maybe. And it's, like, but the, there's no like obvious inspiration for like a specific drummer or anything. Yeah, and people say, oh, it's the drummer from the Monkees. Like the Monkees is an American band, I think. I mm, it was going to be a, they're not exactly a big band, are they? Like not compared to the Beatles. If it was going to be the Beatles, you think it'd be more obvious, and it'd be an insect. Like, you know, Maybe, a beetle. Yeah. A beetle, yeah. But it's like, That'd we couldn't think, like, book starter. Yeah. like, does Britain have, like, a big drumming legacy? I'd say, you know, we've got, like, like, we made heavy metal. Yeah. We did invent heavy metal. But, but again, with the, gun, the gorilla doesn't seem to, like, inspire any obvious answers to that. But Yeah, I still think it should have been a, a rugby player that held a bunch of bananas as a set of a ball. Yeah. We should have had a rugby player, a footballer, and Intellion should have been, like, a, uh, a sprinter. They should have been based or on a cricket sports. player or something. Yeah. They should have been based on sports. Um, and then number nine oh five, Carl. Oh, that would be a uh, little uh, weed cat. Oh, is, there, no, is this the the end of that? No, this is the end of Gen Eight. Uh, Eternatus. Uh, Eternatus. Oh no, cause, no, because there was the new shit, wasn't there? It would have been Calriax. No, there's even more new shit because the end of Gen 8 is actually the Legends Arceus editions. Oh, God, yeah, there's a lot of bollocks in there, isn't there? there is the fourth edition to the, um, the, like, Landorus trio. Oh, God, yeah, Landorus, Thorny, honestly. Thunderous and Thornidus. Worst trio in the game. And then the worst of the four is Enamorous, which is the love one of them, and it's like the love genie, and it's like, what? Absolutely, one hundred percent, the worst Pokemon. It ruined Pokemon. <laughs> Only Landorus fucking ruined Pokemon. Yeah, it was so good that it was on every single team, and it looked wank. It ruined Pokemon. Um, um then of course Weedcat to start out the newest gen, Gen good, nine, good nine oh six. So do you remember the name of Weedcat? Weedcat. Uh, it's Sprigatito. It's Weedcat. And uh, we're not going to get this one. Number 1017 well, is from the, the Teal Mask DLC. It's going to be some new legendary I don't give a fuck about. It's Ogapon. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, fair. We tried. We gave it a good go, I feel. But that's 1017 across nine generations of Pokemon. Yeah. And that's we a lot. did uh, go a little long on that one. I apologize. There was a lot of Pokemon. There was a lot there of There is a lot of Pokemon. Um,. So yeah, thank you all for joining. As I say, let us know which wiki won this week. Yes. And let us know your yeah. favourite Pokemon, your favourite bit of British slang. Yeah. Let us know your favourite niche Pokemon. Yes. That isn't just 
Charles Ardo music. And your favourite bit of niche British slang from perhaps the region exactly. you're from that you don't think other people will be aware of. Mm-hmm. And thank you all for listening. Thank you.